Welcome to the Rick Fuller Podcast, presented by Rick Fuller, the team leader of the Rick Fuller team, which serves the San Francisco Bay Area and the greater Sacramento region. Rick and his team have over 1,300 five-star reviews and have been honored as a distinguished small business by the California State Senate and Assembly. Rick is a community leader, national real estate coach, and real estate investing expert. Do you know what the life cycle of home ownership is? Are you caught in the cycle of clients selling one house to buy one house? Did you know that there's a better, more profitable way? Are you advising your clients to become not just real estate owners, but real estate investors? Listen in as Rick shares with his team how to build long-term wealth and passive income using real estate. And this advice isn't just for your clients, it's to guide you on building your financial future too. I'm going to call an audible. I'm going to go in a different order. Rick, you have, we got talking as a leadership team uh, about our clients who sometimes are fence setters and they sit on the fence and how do we get them over into the buying side or selling side of the fence? And you're going to talk to us about that today. Uh, That I am, Brian. Uh, Christina, will you share my screen? So the question is, how do we motivate our clients? And we're going to start this little mini series starting today. And Joe's going to take it even further next week with the scripts and dialogue. But the first thing you have to understand is, would you all agree that it takes different things to motivate different people? Not everybody's in the same cycle in life. And if you're buying your first home, there are different motivations than buying a move-up property. Or maybe if you own a move-up property, then it's there's a different motivation to buy a move-down property or maybe move into a retirement home. And this represents the traditional life cycle of home ownership. You know what it looks like. People buy their first home. If it's anything like Jennifer and I's first home, it was very small. I think the backyard, the whole lot was like 3,500 square feet. It was a tiny property. There was barely enough room. Uh, We certainly didn't have enough room for all of our stuff. And then we finally moved to a move-up property. It was a little newer. Matter of fact, it was a new home. It was about 1,700 square feet, and then we moved to another property, and then another property, and we just kept this move-up process, and as we'd have children, or maybe at that time we had a dog, we'd want different properties, and we would move up, and eventually, you get to a point where a lot of your clients are now empty nesters, aren't they? So they move down. They move to a smaller home, more affordable home. We see a lot of our clients move into Sacramento to be with family in the Sacramento region or out of state. And then finally, they end up in a retirement home. And this is the traditional life cycle of your clients. And I'm telling you that if you follow this life cycle, you accomplish one goal, but not the other. You may accomplish helping them get a nice property. They bought their first home, move up, move down, retirement home. They bought a nice property. And maybe it has all the amenities that they want. They have the floor plan they want. Maybe they want to live next to and And eventually, if they follow it, our advice, they paid off the mortgage and they own it free and clear. And so they've reduced their expenses. But in this process, they've no, created no income. They've only reduced their expenses if they've paid off their mortgage. They've created no income. So today, I want to encourage you not to help your clients sell one and buy one, but I want to encourage you to help your clients sell one and buy two. And this 
is what the wealth building cycle of real estate looks like. And it's very different than the traditional life cycle of home ownership. Christina, next slide. And I think you ought to start this with your very first conversation with your client. Jesus, are you on the call, Mr. Birthday Boy? Jesus Ochoa? I'm here. Okay, man, I'm calling you out, kind of doing an audible. When you and I met, uh, this was before you were in real estate, did I only talk to you about buying your first home, both you and Carmina, or did we talk about something much bigger? Um, I mean, it was much bigger, but it started with that first home. And then we talked about eventually you'll have a move up home and investment property. And we talked about building your family portfolio. Is that right? Correct. And we did that before you even owned your first home. And today you've not only you've not only taken that strategy, but you've actually bought multiple homes and have investment real estate as well. Yep, correct. And you and I recently met with a young man. I think he's 19 or so. Yep. And we gave him this same strategy, didn't we? We said, don't just buy your first home. Let's talk about taking this home ownership, wealth building life cycle and building out your real estate portfolio. And let's begin with the end in mind and let's start. He's 19 years old and he's down that journey. Is that correct? Yeah, it's exciting. So, so here's what this looks like. Okay, let me give you some practical. They're going to buy your 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 client uh, is going to buy their first home. That's great. Help them do that. But in that process, let them know that someday they're going to want something a little bigger. They're going to want more square footage. They're going to want an additional bedroom. And they're going to need that third car garage. And when they go to move up, encourage them not to just sell the first home and buy the second, but to sell the first home and buy two. Now they have equity. If they used IRS code 121, they got free equity to move or tax-free equity up to 500,000 if you're married. So buy, move up and buy an investment property. Then when you go to move up again to the next property, would be your third property. You already own one investment home. Now you're going to encourage your client to buy at that time to sell their move up property and to buy two. You're going to buy another move up property and they're going to buy another investment. This time, maybe instead of a long terminal, it's a short terminal. And you're going to do this several times. They're going to move up. They're going to buy their third property or their fourth property with you. Then their fifth property. And they're going to buy their short terminals. They're going to buy their long term rental. They're going to maybe buy a commercial property, maybe move into a DTS, which is like a REIT or a syndicate. And the, the goal is not to just buy one and sell one. The goal is to help your client build a wealth building portfolio. Why is this important? Well, let's just kind of fast forward a little bit. And they followed our advice. They've Maybe they've done a 15-year mortgage, they've paid off the house, they've listened to my videos on these topics, and they own their home free and clear. Great. They have reduced their household expenses. But that's only part of the equation, isn't it? Don't they need to create income? And by owning and investing in rental property can help you create that rental income necessary to offset your expenses. Now, today, rents are the greatest untold story in real estate. Rents are higher than they've ever been. They are soaring 
And it's a great opportunity for investors to take the equity that they had in one property and buy two. Yes, they're move-up property, but also an investment property, short-term, long-term rental could be a commercial property. And it's an opportunity for them to go through this wealth building cycle and create wealth. So the reason I'm bringing this to your attention is if you work with your client, each one of these clients have different motivators. So it's not enough to say, how do you motivate our clients? It's not enough to say, how do you motivate my buyers or my sellers? You motivate a first-time home buyer different than a move-up buyer, don't you? And a move-up buyer different than a move-down buyer. If you're trying to motivate a move-up uh, move buyer, uh, you would use that differently than you would try to motivate someone who's looking for their retirement home. There are different motivators. And if I were to summarize them, they, they come in two motivators, fear of loss and opportunity of gain. We're going to kind of dissect that for a moment. Next slide, Christina. So in this wealth building ownership, what am I saying? Encourage your clients, don't sell then buy, but sell and buy too. Don't buy low and sell high, but buy low and trade up. Maybe using a 1031 exchange or a reverse 1031 exchange. Maybe it's buy low and trade up to, to buy two more proper two properties instead of having the one. And Encourage your clients to take this wealth building cycle of home ownership to move away from this traditional where I just trade one for the next one, for the next one, for the next one, and to pay off your home, have no mortgage, thus lowering your living expenses, and pay off your investment properties and produce income. Now, Christina, you and I wrote a book on this topic. We called it Real Estate Agent Freedom. And what did we call it in the book? Do you remember when you got to that point of equilibrium? Oh, I should know this. I know you ask me this every time and I fail you miserably. (laughs) The freedom accelerator. No, We called it the freedom factor. The freedom factor. The point in which you've reduced your expenses enough by paying off your home, your primary residence, the one you live in but you've created enough passive income that pay for all of your expenses. And you can kind of see this line, like I've reduced my expenses over time and I've created this income. And then pretty soon you have this increase of passive income that should pay for all of your expenses. And we call it the freedom factor. And I'm telling you that your clients and my clients are looking for wealth building strategies. And sometimes it's difficult for them to come up with that 20% down. They're buying a half million dollar home. Where do I come up with the $100,000? Well, they do it by selling one and buying two because that equity that they accumulated can be spread out to multiple properties. So let's talk about how to motivate people in this process. And this is going to become an all play. So next slide, let me give you an example before we move on. Uh, Next slide, Christina. So people are motivated to take action because either there is a fear of loss or a hope of gain. Now, if you think about it, nearly every motivator falls in one of these two categories. There's a fear of losing out. Today, we would call it the FOMO, fear of missing out. Or there's a hope and anticipation of gain, of opportunity. 
there's something I could achieve and accomplish if I do this. And this becomes our motivators, whether we think about it or not. And as we begin to think about simple, simple examples, we'd say, well, why do most people go to work in the morning? Why do they get up? Why are they motivated to do it? Well, the fear of loss would be, if I don't go to work, I'm going to lose my house. If I don't go to work, I'm not going to be able to pay my rent. If I don't go to work, I'm not going to put food on the table. The hope of gain might be homeowners gain equity. The hope of gain might be I want to have a place to call my own. Hope of gain might be I don't want to have to call a landlord to paint my walls. I want to be able to paint them whatever color I want to paint them. How about I've got a lot of us have kids in college. Is there a hope of gain? Sure. They hope to gain a degree. They hope to gain a bachelor's, a master's, a PhD, whatever it is. There's a hope of gain that's involved. What about fear of loss? Someone's interested in investing in real estate, probably fear of loss plays a, a factor. Why would you want to invest? Why would you want to save money? Well, I, I want to make sure I have enough in the future. I want to make sure that I'm not a burden to my kids. I want to make sure I have enough to send my kids to college, buy a retirement home. There's a fear of loss. There's a hope of gain in every motivator. And if you can identify what that is for the right person, in their life cycle of wealth building, you will speak directly to them. So let's turn this over to you. Let's see if you can do it. Next slide, Christina. So here are the different life cycles. We talked about first-time buyers, and we talked about buying an investment property. Maybe that's a move-up home. We've talked about owning a long-term rental investment. We've talked about move down mode. We've talked about buying a move down property, like a smaller home, maybe a home out of state, maybe a home in another community. We've talked about short term rentals, talked about retirement home, talked about commercial or D DSTs, which are like a REIT so that they can invest in when they're done investing in real estate that pays like a, a passive income with dividends or multiplexes. So I want to hear from you. I'm going to turn it over to you. Go ahead and unmute yourself. Don't worry. If you don't want to participate, I love calling on you. And I tend to prioritize who I call on based on not having a picture. So uh, I want to hear from you. Let's start off with an easy one. Give me what a first-time first buyer's motivator would be. And let's look at a hope of gain. What would they want to gain by buying their first home? What say you? Long-term wealth. Yeah, they want to gain long-term wealth. What, John, I think that was you, John. Correct. What would, what would their fear of loss be if they didn't buy a first home? Well, if they didn't buy their first home, if they stayed, I suppose, in mom and dad's basement, what is their fear of loss? Uh, not owning anything. Yeah, or not, they wouldn't build equity, right? Right, exactly. Awesome. Okay, how about a move-up motivator? We'll do a couple more. Why, why are your clients motivated to move up to the next property? And what is their fear of loss? What is their hope of gain? What say you? Go ahead, Jesus. I see you. I think um, hope of gain is, you know, uh, like we talked about the transition, going through the next process, using that second property to to get to the next one. So really, I guess it'd be the hope of gain of equity, you know, and also, I guess the fear of loss, um, you know, it could be jumping into a market where, you know, you're potentially buying the house at a at the top of the market and you feel like you're underwater. That could be a fear of loss. Okay, so the hope of gain could be that they gain equity by buying a move up home. Could be that they gain a bedroom, right? Could be that they gain a bigger lot. 
could be that they, you know, gained a nicer view or whatever, or closer to work. Uh, the fear of loss could be if I don't do it, we don't have enough room. If I don't do it, this home's too small. If I don't move closer to work, I may never be able to move to Concord or Walnut Creek or San Ramon. And so there are both fear of loss when there's hopes of gain. Okay, let's let's see if we can go to some investment ones. I'm curious, what would be a short-term rental investment? What would be their fear of loss? Why would they want to do it based on if I don't do it, I'm going to lose out on something? What say you? Short-term rental investments. Loss of income. Say it again. Loss of income. Okay, loss of income. Is that Sydney? Yeah. Okay, Sydney, loss of income. What would be a hope of gain, Sydney, by owning a short-term rental property? Why might they want to do that? What might they want to gain by owning a short-term Airbnb? What say you? Uh, to build, sorry, um, to build uh, long-term um, independence in their finances to help bring yeah. in extra income. Uh, absolutely. Kara, uh, you on? I see you. You and I've talked about owning short-term rentals. What is your hope of gain by one day owning a short-term rental property? Um, to just prepare for our retirement, to prepare for our future. Um, that is still the hope. We had a few setbacks this year, but it's still part of our goals. It's on my vision board. Yeah, and and you and I talked about someday you'll go there and you'll visit it. And I have a hope, mm-hmm. to, you know, you have a hope to go to the beach or to that lake or to that mountain, right? There's a hope. Yes. Yeah of gain. There's something that you're going to achieve and accomplish by owning this. Derek, what say you? Why would somebody have a short-term Airbnb? What is their motivator? Passive income. Yeah, man. Increasing your cap rate, the relationship between what you invest in the property versus your rental income is called a cap rate. Net operating income divided by your investment is your cap rate, increasing your rate of return, increasing your passive income. At one point, you have a bigger pile of passive income than all of your expenses. We call that the freedom factor. Well said. Mario, let's go to you. I want to talk about long-term rentals. Why might What would be the hope that somebody might gain by owning a long-term rental property? Let's say you, buddy. Stability, maybe their fear of what the actual market, let's say, for example, the 401ks or things of that nature, they're kind of man manipulated. And with inflation going crazy, a long term rental will add stability and hedge against inflation. Yeah, awesome. What might be their their fear if they don't do uh, the fear of losing if they don't do it? Um, That other markets will take their whatever capital they have. Yeah, that's a great point. Or that maybe they don't have enough passive income in their future. Therefore, I need to do it. I'm, I'm concerned I won't have that passive income. Or I'm concerned that values will rise and I'll be completely priced out of the market. Uh, Danielle Broad, you guys have interest in short-term rentals. What is your hope of gaining by owning a short-term rental property? Um. Basically, everything, what everyone's already said is the enjoyment of actually being able to go there with family, friends, and then, you know, when we're not utilizing it, have the um, benefits of um, um, earning money. Okay. Awesome. 
Um, let's let's go to just a couple more. Why might somebody want to own a multiplex, a commercial property, uh, or what's called a DST? What say you? A DST is a comer- is a real estate REIT uh, that you can ten thirty one into. So commercial multiplex. Why might what would be the opportunity or hope of gain somebody might have by doing that? What say you? Multiple streams of income. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you own a multiplex and you have four units and one of them is vacant, you still are getting paid on three, aren't you? And if you own a duplex and you have one that's vacant, you're still getting paid on two. Absolutely. Uh, A fear of loss might be something like if I don't do this investment, uh, I'm going to have to pay capital gains on my taxes. I'm not going to be able to do a 1031 from one rental property to another, and I can 1031 my long-term into a commercial property. So we're going to dive into this further next week. Joe's going to give you some scripts and dialogue. It's important. If we're going to motivate our client, it's important to know where they're at with the life cycle of real estate. It's not enough to just say, I'm going to go motivate people to buy real estate or, or motivate people to sell real estate. We have to recognize where they're at in this life cycle and then find out what their fear of loss is or what their hope of gain might be. If we can speak into that, you will offer tremendous value to your client. If we can stop talking about the traditional lifestyle, buy my first home, move up, move up, move up, move down retirement home. And we can start saying, let's buy your first home. But when you're ready to do the second one, we're not just going to buy one. We're going to encourage you to buy two. And let's show you how to do that. One for you to live in, one for you to create income in. And we can begin to have these conversations even now with our clients. 